0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 28th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. Right now, we are looking at this parable of a barren fig tree. There was a fig tree that was planted in a in a vineyard, and it refused to produce fruit. The master was coming looking for fruit, didn't found find any, and the master was like, cut that thing down. But thankfully, there was. we even see grace in this parable. We're going to learn today that God knows exactly what he's doing. This is Pearls from the Parables, Part 67. Say this out loud. God knows what he's doing. God. When I remind myself that God is God, that God is sovereign, that God knows exactly what he's doing, that God designed me and that God dispatched me or deployed me into this planet at just the right time. I was born when I was born. I was born where I was born because of why I was born. I was born for such a time as this and God made plans for me. Come on now. That's going to help me resist negative stress, distressing anxiety, all of the manifestations of challenges as it relates to mental health. I know that a lot of people are dealing with mental health challenges today, but we can actually enter into God's rest and receive overwhelming peace when we remember that God knows what he's doing. Oh, get ready for the word this morning. I want you to open up your heart to receive. so let's get into the word for this morning. God knows exactly what he's doing. Put in the chat, I enter into God's rest. Put in the chat, I receive the peace of God. When you receive the peace of God, there's a peace that passes all understanding. There's a peace that psychiatrists and psychologists cannot figure out. They don't even know why you're not freaking out. Why? Because I know what God, God knows what he's doing. I mean, sometimes I don't even understand what God is doing, but I know that God knows what he's doing. And, oh, brother Pina, how's this thing gonna turn out? Listen, there's sometimes, honestly, I don't know how, how it's gonna turn out, but I know this is gonna be good. Put in the chat, it's gonna be good. Why? Because God is a good God, man. God made plans for me. As long as I'm not, what we're learning in this parable, as long as I'm not uh, basically fueling my uh, my own failure, like I'm, as long as I'm not acting in a way that is a detriment to my success, I'm not lazy. I'm not the unfaithful steward, right? As long as I'm I'm diligent, I'm hardworking, I'm industrious, I'm creative, I'm open to God, and I'm willing to put in the work, there's no way. Listen, it might be challenging. Things might get difficult. Things might take longer than I expected. Uh, It it might get worse before it gets better, but there's no way I'm going to fail. Come on now. Why? Because God knows what he's doing. I mean, God led me down this way. I'm going down this way with God. God's grace is on me. It may be difficult, but, and God never said it would be easy, but God did promise to be with me every step of the way. Say, God is with me, and God knows what he's doing. You got it? All right. So Psalms 126 and verse 4 is a scripture that we've been looking at all year. I want to read it again for you before we get into the parable. This is something that at our church we've been meditating on because we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And so this morning, even if you came, maybe you were battling Thoughts of you know challenges as it relates to your mental health. Maybe you you had lost your peace and you came across this, this Hispanic-looking dude on YouTube and you clicked on it and you're watching me now. Listen, the peace of God is gonna overtake you while you're watching this video. I'm praying that the love of God, the peace of God, the grace of God will abound in your heart and in your mind, and you will be overwhelmed with God's goodness as we meditate on the fact that God knows exactly what he's doing. All right, so you'll be refreshed and restored. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the form of glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. We're praying for no dry areas. Uh, say this, say no dry areas. For me, any area of your life that, that may have gone dry in this season, God is going to refresh you and restore you say amen to that. Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine is the parable we're looking at. Jesus said this, a certain man had his fig tree planted in his vineyard, (laughs) and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Now, I already told you that fig trees grow in orchards, grapes grow in vineyards. For whatever reason, this master said, I want to take this fig tree and plant it over here in this vineyard and I, and although the location changed, my expectation does not change. I expect him to still produce. Right. And so he came, the Bible says, looking for fruit and found none. So there was a dresser of the vineyard. And he says to the dresser of the vineyard, Hey, look at this tree right here. I've been coming, looking for fruit for three years. Year number one, I came, I didn't find anything. Year number two, I came, I didn't find anything. Year number three, right now I'm coming, I'm not finding anything, cut it down. Like there's a limit to my patience, the master is saying. And the dresser, thank God for the dresser. He says, hold on, of course, I'm going to deal with all of this in the parable. We just got to take our time and develop it. I'm building my case. Uh, But the dresser is Jesus and says, hold on, let me work on it. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. Let me work on it. And then if after that still doesn't produce, then fine, you can go ahead and cut it down, but at least give me a chance to intercede. So what does this mean for you today? I have a few things to share with you in this morning. And um, actually it's a lot that God gave me this morning. But as I go through this, I want you to open up your heart to receive. I'm building my case that God knows exactly what he's doing. So you can relax. Say, I'm going to relax. Say, relax, speak to yourself and say, relax, chill out. Why? God is still God. God sits on the circle of the earth and God knows exactly what he's doing. You got it? All right, a few things. Number one, here we go. God's not, and I'm trying to contain myself, so I'm trying not to preach this morning. Obviously, you know me, sometimes that doesn't work out. I get excited. All right, but number one, God's knowledge of you predates your birth. Put this in the chat. God's knowledge of me predates my birth. I was born July 25th, 1972, but God's knowledge of me Predated that date. God's knowledge of me predated my birth. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, Before I formed you in your belly or in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. He's saying, Before your mother met your father, before you became an inkling or even a sparkle in your father's eye, before you were formed in your mother's belly, I already knew you. And I had already set you apart, sanctified you, and I had already ordained you, like I had an ordination service in the spirit, and I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Put in the chat, I am not a mistake. God knows exactly what he's doing. Jeremiah 1 and 5, and many other scriptures that I could use to, to drive home this point, teach us that our presence on this planet may have started the day that we were born, but our presence in God's heart predates that. And so God made plans for us before the world began. You may not have existed in the form that you exist right now before your birthday, but you existed in the heart of God and in the spirit realm well before that, because God made plans for you before the world began. God knew you before you were born and he made plans for you before your mother met your father say this i am not a mistake so as much as your parents love you your parents cannot define you because your parents did not design you and so like at the end of the day god knows exactly what he's doing i was talking to my son joshua who's in college now and it still blows me away that this 17 year old kid just turned 17 is in college and 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 he god put in him cinema film and and all of this stuff and and he keeps sending me these these stuff. And dad, I got promoted, and now I'm on this project, and I'm the producer, and I got to do this shot and check out the shot. What do you think about the shot? And I'm like, it ah, looks good to me. Like, I mean, like, but that thing that God put in him. I have another son that's a chef, and God put that in him. I have another. My daughter is in in the in the creative industry as a, as it relates to um, uh, social media and all of that kind of stuff. And God places things in people. And so even as parents, like we don't get to decide because God decided before the world began. And so you are a product of intelligent design. God designed you before your mother met your father and he deployed you into this planet at just the right time for your individual and specialized purpose. And so when you internalize that and and you contemplate, I want you to think about it. I'm taking my time this morning because I want you to Contemplate. I want you to consider the fact that you are not a mistake. I want you to consider the fact that God made plans for you before the world began. How how could you walk over to the mirror and have low self-esteem when you know that? When you realize that, how could you? you when you when you understand what I'm saying, you walk over to the mirror and you say, "Wow, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made plans for me before the foundations of the world. I am unique. I am a, an original." nobody else on this planet has my fingerprint. Nobody else on this planet has my voice print. Nobody else on this planet has my divine assignment. Come on, man. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And and so God could expect Jeremiah to be a prophet, on the earth because God had ordained Jeremiah to be a prophet in the spirit before he came to the earth. And so there was an expectation and the expectation was warranted. The expectation was based on the understanding of the master. So listen, in the parable of the talents, the master saw something in the three stewards and he had an expectation Based on what he knew they were capable of doing. Two of the three stewards performed. The unfaithful steward did not, but the expectation of the master, even in the unfaithful steward, was not based on the performance of the unfaithful steward. It was based on his knowledge and expectation of the unfaithful steward. The same thing with the fig tree. The master comes, he's seeking fruit. The fig tree is not producing fruit. It's like, I don't wanna be here, I'm in a vineyard. It's not producing. He is expected. He, his expectation is not based on the performance of the tree because obviously the tree is not performing. His ex- expectation is based on his knowledge of the tree. And so listen, God has an expectation of you and his expectation of you is based on his foreknowledge of you. His expecta- He has expectations. He comes and he's looking for stuff. Don't be like the unfaithful steward who has the wrong attitude, didn't want to produce. Don't be like the fig tree who has the wrong attitude, doesn't want to produce because there will come a time where God's expectation, you will be called to the carpet and you will have to give an account. And if you didn't produce, there are consequences. The guy, the unfaithful fruit, the master said, throw this man away from me into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The fig tree, the master said, cut it down. Listen, there are consequences to you not being who it is that you're called to be. So from now on, you and I, guess what we're going to do? We are going to be the men and the women that God has called us to be. Say amen to that. All right, number two, God knows what he's doing because God knows everything. Put in the chat, God knows everything. God knows everything and God knows exactly what he's doing because God God knows everything. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter one and verse nine, the Bible says, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the world began. There's a lot there, so I need to break that down. Let me break it down for you. All right. First thing God saved you when you repented of your sin and you accepted Jesus as Lord, but he called you before the world began. So so I got born, I was born July 25th, 1972. I was born again, August, 20, um, August 27, 1995, but I was called before the world began. You see what I'm saying? And so, God say, so the Bible says God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So that means that God thought about me, God thought about you well before we thought about him. <laughs> hey, think about that, right? So it means that God loved us before we loved him. It means that God destined us before we performed towards him. Our destiny is not based on our performance or our works. Our destiny is, is based on his, his purpose and grace. It means that God's plan, God had plans for you well before your parents did. God had plans. God dreamed about you before your parents dreamed about you or anybody else. God dreamed about you before you had dreams for yourself. And so when you internalize this and you realize that you are not a mistake, l- literally it can change everything because you can be like, no, I am destined, man. I'm called. God knows exactly what he's doing. So when you're facing a challenge right now in September of 2023, and let's say that things are not working uh, the way that you wanted to work in your marriage or in your career or in your business or in your finances or with your children, and you're like, man, what's going on, God? I know what you told me, but this thing is not moving fast enough, or these things are not working out, or what's going on here, what's going on there. you It's so easy to freak out. But when you remember, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. God is still God. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. God's promises are still true. Oh, snap. Hold on for a minute. Everything God said to me still is going to come to pass. Okay, let me chill out for a minute. Let me enter into God's rest because God knows exactly what he's doing. See, God didn't call you according to your own works, God called you according to his own purpose and grace. This is going to help you and it helps you to be delivered from performance-based religion. Religious people will tell you, hey, you got to do all this. This is what you got to do. You got to dot every I, you got to cross every T, you got to go to ch- you know church every Sunday, you got to go to Sunday school, you got to have a perfect Sunday school attendance record. You got to do this, you got to do that. And if you don't do this, oh, don't take communion. <laughs> you're not, you're not righteous. Don't, you're not holy. If you don't do this, oh, you got married out of wedlock. Mm, uh, I mean, you had a baby out of the way, like, Oh, mm, that, that's it. Can't take communion. You can't do this. You can't listen. Uh, it's rules based. It's performance based. And then uh, what you can expect? Oh, you was believing God for this, and we all prayed, and the church prayed, and we laid hands on you. We all were happy. But now you went out there. You went into the world. You went to college. You went. You did some things you were not supposed to do. Religious people to say, well, don't expect God to bless you now. <laughs> okay, l- let me let me quote Second Timothy one and nine again. God saved us and called us with a holy calling so that our life could be about something that's bigger than us. Not according to our own works. Oh, so God didn't call me based on my works. He called me according to his own purpose and grace. So he gave me a purpose and the grace for the purpose. He gave me an assignment and a grace for the assignment. He gave me both. The text says in Christ Jesus. He gave me both. The text says in Christ Jesus before the world began. So relax. It's not performance based. You have not disqualified yourself because you never qualified in the first place. You need to chill out. I'm not saying live in sin. Of course not. Come on. If you, if you can take what I'm saying, Paul said, can you, uh, like, should, should you take the message of God's grace to me that you continue in sin? He said, of course not. I mean, like that doesn't even make sense. I'm not saying that. Of course you, but when you embrace the grace of God, you don't want to sin. So, so it's like, okay, I got it. God called me with a holy calling. God called me to holiness. God called me to righteousness. And he did it not based on my works. He did it based on his purpose and grace. I need to embrace that so that I can be the man or the woman that God called me to be from the foundations of the world. So God has expectations of me because he knows what he called me to do. God has expectations of me because he knows what he equipped me to do. So God's expectations of me are based on his foreknowledge of me. The master in the the parable of the fig tree had an expectation and the expectation was warranted because he knew that the fig tree had the power to produce figs. And so whatever you're supposed to produce, you're supposed to produce. Okay. So number three, last point for today, uh, I'm actually going to use the apostle Peter and the apostle Paul to make this last point, And it's going to be good. You ready? Last point. If your situation is difficult, look at me. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but if you're facing a situation that's difficult, if you're facing a situation that is unpleasant, it is an indication that God is just looking for you to rely on his grace. The, the, the three Um, stewards in the parable of the talents, they were given amounts of money and they was like, go do something with that money. And that could be a lot of pressure. What am I supposed to do? They didn't have to take on the pressure to perform. Everything was, was on them to succeed. Two out of the three did succeed. One did not. The fig tree in the parable that we're looking at right now, although it was planted in a vineyard, it still had the grace to produce. But if it didn't like the situation, it's so easy to say, forget it, I'm not doing it. So let me use the Apostle Paul, let me use the the Apostle Peter as an example of how we have to rely on the grace of God. Put in the chat, I rely on the grace of God. Let me just tell you this story. So in Jesus's day, the fishing industry was like a rough and tumble business, right? Like that that was an industry for like the man's man, right? I mean, you're out there on the water, you're out there, especially sometimes fishing all night long, you're dealing with fish, you're dealing with nets. I mean, this is not This is manual labor, right? The fishing industry was like that type of labor. Um, And so Simon, the fisherman, he was not polished. He was not refined. He was not groomed. He was not educated with a higher education or anything like that. But inside of Simon, the fisherman, this rough and tumble man, there was Peter, the apostle, waiting to come out. Inside of the fisherman, the apostle was dormant. And so Jesus came. And Jesus came to pull out that apostle outside of, out of the fisherman because that's what he had planted inside of him. And there's some things that God has planted inside of you that you got to realize, recognize, acknowledge so that God can get it out of you. The apostle Paul was a different story. The apostle Paul had dual citizenship. He had two passports. He was a Roman and a Jew, and he was trained under Gamaliel, the greatest teacher of the law in his day. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a Sadducee of the Sadducees. He was groomed. He was like the kid that was picked. He was so he was there when when the first martyr uh, went, was stoned to death, and he was not old enough to throw the stones himself. So he held the coats of the men that were there. I mean, he was trained under the to be one of the Jewish religious elite of his day. And he was known as Saul of Tarsus. And he was so sanctioned by the Jewish religious elite that he was the one that was leading the movement against the cause of Christ. So he was like a terrorist against the cause of Christ. He was terrorizing the church of God and he was making sure that Christians were killed, Christians were burned alive, Christians were eaten by lions and bears, uh, uh, lions and tigers in Colosseums. He was leading this movement because he was a Roman and a Jew, so that he had special privileges with Romans to make sure that these Christian people were, were taken and burned alive and killed and all of this stuff. He was in charge of that. And inside of that man, Saul of Tarsus was the apostle Paul. Inside of that man was a man that was supposed to leave the lead the movement that he was fighting against. That's crazy. So let me just say this. Inside of you may not be Peter. Uh, your name may not be Peter. Your name may, may not be Paul, but whatever you are and whoever you are, whoever you're called to be is inside of you and God is looking to get it out of you. Your job is to find, follow, and finish your purpose and to get it done before you die. But let me tie this to the whole concept of what I'm talking about today. God knows exactly what is what he's doing. For you to deploy into your purpose is going to require you getting out of your comfort zone. So let's talk about Peter and Paul again. Simon, the fisherman, was called to be Peter, the apostle. And Peter, the apostle, was called to minister to the Jews. And part of that was to minister to the Jewish religious elite, the people who have been trained and steeped in the law of Moses. Well, Simon didn't have that education. Simon was like a, Simon was hot tempered. Simon, he, he spoke out of turn. Simon was always doing stuff wrong. Si, Simon was like far from perfect. Si, Simon was, he he was quick to fly off the handle. He was always getting in trouble with Jesus. Like Simon was not that guy. He was not refined. He was not polished. He was not like educated in the law or all of that. And God said, no, but that I want you to go stand in front of these people that have all this education and I'm going to use you to minister to them. Well, Paul was the one that was groomed for that. But God says to Paul, now that you're born again, I don't want you to go talk to the people that you know how to talk to. I want you to go deal with the Gentiles, like go reach the Samaritans. Well, oh no, like the the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, right? And so, so Paul was raised like, you know, where he didn't deal with Gentiles. And God says, now I want you to spend the rest of your life ministering to the Gentiles. He's like, but all my life I've been preparing for this, like the law, and I, I studied the law. He's like, yeah, now I want you to go talk to people that don't know anything about the law, because and I want you to talk to people that the law doesn't even pertain to them, because see, now you can't rely on your education when you go minister to these people. You're going to have to do something you've never done. See, God called the Jewish man with no education to reach, reach the most educated. God called the man w- who was steeped in the Hebraic law and said, okay, now I don't want you to use any of that. Go talk to people that don't know the law. The law doesn't apply to them. You can't even use the law. Why? Because God wants to get you out of your comfort zone. When I see this fig tree planted in a vineyard, refusing to produce fruit. I see a fig tree that says, I don't want to produce because I'm outside of my comfort zone. I would rather be in an orchard. I don't want to be in a vineyard. Listen, there's some people that fail to produce because they don't want to do what God has called them to do because they're not comfortable with doing it. And so if it's difficult, if it's uncomfortable, if it's unpleasant, it is an indication that you have to rely on the grace of God. For Paul to minister to people that he had no dealings with, he had to rely on the grace of God. For Simon to go talk to people that he didn't even like, I don't even like these people like that. He had to rely on the grace of God. Listen, you have to rely on the grace of God so that you could be the man or the woman that God has called you to be because God has expectations of you and his expectations of you are based on his foreknowledge of who he created you to be. The unfaithful steward, And the barren fig tree, they refuse to submit to the will of their masters. As I close, let me tell you this. The only way that you can become the man or the woman that God has called you to be is that you have to submit to the will of your master. And whatever he wants you to do, you need to do it. I preached the message a long time ago when I first started preaching. This was probably in like 97 or something. I was going through a lot and I realized that for me to be the man that God called me to be, I had to die to the man that I used to be and I had to die to to, you know, Rick Pina from Brooklyn, or they used to call me Little Lenny. Uh, So I had to die to that in order to be who God called me to be. And I preached the message entitled, When Loving You Is Killing Me. Oh my God. I said, Loving You, God, is literally killing me. Like the old self, the way that I used to respond to people, I can't respond anymore. The way that I used to go off on people, curse people out, I can't do that no more. Loving you is killing me and I'm willing to go through the process. Success in Christ is not a matter of more trying By the sweat of my brow. No, success in Christ is a matter of more dying for you to be who God called you to be. You have to die to self. Say amen to that. That was a lot. If you get my notes, that's why you need to sign up to get the notes because there's a lot in the notes. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I covered a lot today and I pray that it was a blessing to you. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I existed in your heart, long before I existed in this world. (laughs) I am not a mistake. I am a product of your divine design. I was crafted for your intended purpose. So my identity is not defined by the world, not even defined by my parents. It's designed by you. I embrace the fact that I am unique. I am special. And I was released into this planet at just the right time. So Father, your expectations of me are based on the deposit that you placed in me. And I receive it. I will not be defined by works. I am defined by your purpose and grace. I walk it out every day of my life. I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. I'm willing to be stretched beyond my humanity. And I know that your grace will sustain me. When I am not enough, your grace is always enough. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, shame on you. You get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do it right now. Like and subscribe right now. Do it. It costs you nothing. Uh, But then you're going to be notified when I go live. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you. You know why? God knows what he's doing. All right, I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible